When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's PK and Puyol or PK and Mascherano or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough. And as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention. Those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy, all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content. Everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. Welcome to episode 410 of the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Dan Hilton, and he's Neil Evanesian. And even though it's not the calendar midpoint, this World Cup break means we're kind of celebrating the midpoint of the season. And today we're doing that by handing out our first half grades to every first team player so far this year. Emil, I have the unenviable task of keeping this train on the tracks. What is your early grade for us to stay focused if you would rub your crystal ball? I'm hopeful for a... Seven to an eight. If we get a six, I'll be thrilled. <laughs> yeah, I have that conversation with my, my wife sometimes where she goes, oh, yeah, I mean, the podcast's still going on. I say, yeah, it's still going on. Um, and I feel like, yeah, my podcast is like a seven and a half. But it's a seven. It's maybe even a six and a half. When, when Barca get knocked out of the Champions League, we drop down like a six and a half. But as long as, very much like Barca winning the Liga, you're going to hear a lot of these grades are... <laughs> kind of contingent on Champions League, La Liga, and trying to put all that together. And again, very much like the podcast where I feel like over the course of a whole year, I'm at a seven and a half, seven. And what, because we don't dip below that point, I, you know, we get some W's, you know, and not everything's perfect, but we get some W's. So, all right. As I said, so those grading systems that, that I think other people use, and I mean, I even use it on YouTube. I use A, uh, a through F, which is, you know, the, the American school system. Yep. And those grading systems are kind of stupid. Not not A through F, but you know all these grading systems are on their own parameters, I should say, which I guess is where some of the fun comes from, of course. But we are going to do for this one through 10, with one being uh, almost impossible. Nobody gets a one, yeah. and then 10, obviously, the highest. And again, as I said, due to the fact that Barca is leading La Liga and have won all but one game in Spain and lost only five total games this season, something tells me, Emil, that our grades are going to be higher than the responses in either the comments on YouTube or responses on Twitter. So, all right. Oh, usually, yeah. yeah. I mean, usually everybody starts with the keepers and moves up the field, but I want to know how much trouble we'll be in right off the bat. And I want to start with the forwards and work our way back. I also want to go as long as possible about talking about the back line. Of course, kind of putting that off, which should probably have two different grades, as I've said, one for the Liga and one for Champions League. But unfortunately, we've combined them to get ourselves in trouble. So let's start with the front line. Yeah get right into business here with Robert Lewandowski. And I will set the stage for you. Robert Lewandowski, 19 appearances, 1,505 minutes, which is second on the team and most of any outfield player. The minutes caveat here too, I'm also setting this up. I'm going to be mentioning minutes a lot, but only eight players who all reveal as we go along have more than 1,000 minutes this year for Barca. 
And Lewandowski, as I said, is the highest outfield player with 1,505. His numbers this year, 18 goals, four assists, 0 for 1 on the PK. I don't need to tell you which penalty he missed. I mean, <laughs> that one has recent history. Two yellow cards, one red card, of course. I also don't need to tell you about that one. He has a yep. 1.08 goal per 90, a 14.1 expected goals, which is absurdly high, considering the next highest on the team is Ansu Fati with 5.7. So almost triple everybody else's expected goals on the team, which, again, also does bear fruit, the fact that he has 18 goals. So... Let's start our grading system and kind of set the precedent, Emil. I have Lewandowski at an 8 of 10. Yeah, I would say about 8.5. Yeah. You know, I think we're probably along the same lines in the sense that in La Liga, he's been, I mean, just literally everything you would have hoped. You know, I mean, we talked before the season when he was, when, when there was a talk of signing him and then when he was signed before the season, you know, we said he's, we talked about his age and we talked about, do you want to sign him to a four-year deal or anything like that? But we also just banked on the fact that this guy is keeps himself in incredible shape. He's a physical marvel. He's, you know, just technically a standout. And he's been every bit of that and more in La Liga. You know, I mean, maybe, I don't know if I'm not dinging him enough or anything. But, you know, kind of the only thing that keeps him from, you know, 9, 9.5 range is he's um, either missed glaring chances or gone missing for long stretches in vital Champions League games. And as a result, Barca are now in the Europa. He is two touches of the boot in that first matchup against Bayern Munich in Bavaria from yep. being a nine. Because the Valencia winner, I mean, how many winners has he already had this year? And especially coming in really clutch, important moments in the Liga to get Barcelona the three points they've need over and over again. As I said, he is, the difference between eight and nine is Champions League in the Liga. Uh, and I think that's going to be a conversation point as we continue on throughout this list. Dembele up next. Again, we're going to keep this moving. Dembele up next. 20 appearances for him. 1,279 minutes. Could you have believed coming into the season that Usmane Dembele would be fourth on Barcelona in, in, in total minutes with his five goals, seven assists, and four yellow cards, 0.84 gold plus assists per 90 and he also did sign a new deal, which put his salary much lower, which I is unfair. <laughs> like, I don't want to say contract signings are important. I know. I don't, like, I don't want to count that as part of his performance. But... <laughs> but I think he gets a seven due to the expectations and the parameters for which his new contract is set. So I've given him a seven. But, I mean, I don't know. You can, you can actually talk me into a seven and a half or eight, depending on what you have. I mean, I, th- I think I would actually go eight for him because he, like you said, he's been you know outside of you know Lewandowski and I'm curious to I'm trying to think of who the other two guys are that have more minutes but he's been of the outfield players almost as close to a a constant as there's been and he's accounted for 12 goals and I do think even in even in some of Barca's more flat performances by and large I mean he I don't want to say he looks motivated because you know it's it's patronizing to kind of talk about peak apex athletes and as I sit in my you know office chair and talk about whether they're motivated or engaged but yeah. um, you know but he he looks more dialed in I think I mean I think he's been fantastic and maybe that a little bit of that's maybe being colored by the couple times that I've seen them in person this year but I also just every, you know when I've watched them on on TV Champions League you know, even in the the flat kind of underwhelming Champions League performances, I thought he was doing more than most to try to salvage something. Even even in that sort of the the useless second Bayern Munich game. Well, I think it's a reminder too that Xavi not say built this team around Dembele even more than Lewandowski, but Dembele is the influential player. I mean, look at Athletic mm-hmm. Club when Barcelona completely destroyed them. Dembele was the difference in the first three goals. I mean, he was the one who yep. makes things happen. And you see that in those times when Dembélé doesn't have it, I mean, even against Almeria, that Barcelona went out and smacked them around because Dembélé was arguably the best player on the field. And there are times, again, going back to the Champions League, when he's been wasteful. But I don't think, unlike last season, when I looked back in my, you know, again, I do the five headlines. So I looked back Mm -hmm. in my other headline, and I was much more critical of Dembélé last season. Mm -hmm. There were just more times when he didn't show up. And I think that is what we get with Dembélé, the hot and the cold. So I felt like 7 out of 10 was fair. Because I felt like 30% of the time you were asking more for Dembele, but 70% of the time he gave you all you needed and more. And, and so I think that's why I, I settled on 7 of 10 that I did. And I think 
All right, and on a similar uh, similar reign, I mean, almost a complete opposite scenario here is Rafinha. 18 appearances for him, 10 starts this year, two goals, four assists, one yellow card, 0.21 goals per 90, which is really interesting. It didn't affect the number of grading I gave him because of expectations, but I, I do wonder, I, th- I thought back to when I previewed and I talked to Oscar, the, the Leeds United fan, mm-hmm. and I compare it to last season at Leeds where he had 11 goals, four of which came from the PK spot though. So he only had seven total goals. Yeah. Three assists and an 0.34 goals per 90. Again, comparing that to an 0.21 goal per 90 last year. I mean, this season. And this year is his breakout year. So that's why I'm comfortable going with a six. Because yes, we do want to see more from Rafinha. But I can't also say it was a complete disaster. Because I feel like he's out of form. And there could come a stretch where he scores four goals in six games. And now all of a sudden, he's got six goals on the season. Or make it seven goals in in 12 matches and now he's got nine goals and he doesn't take the PKs. And so now he has two more goals than he had last year from the outfield. And so there's this, there is this world that I wonder what we expected of Rafinha and what he is. And that's why I landed on six. Uh, I'm going to go five and a half just because in many ways he is what parts of sign. Like he's not, you know, sometimes you see a huge, a big money signing, you know, you might not have watched them a lot at their former club and, you know, they get to your team and it's almost, you know, as a fan, you you feel like you got a lemon because you're like, wait, what is this? You guys told us he was, he is, he, he does what it says on the package. But I think, you know, there were some early season performances that where I thought he looked fantastic. And the the dip in form, I think, has come at a bad time. I mean, not in the league. You know, Barca are still doing perfectly well in, in La Liga. But I thought that he underwhelmed in the Champions League a lot. And I think also his form has dipped in La Liga, it's just because of the the rest of the squad, it, you know, thankfully hasn't wound up, you know, costing the team in the table. Well, I think Rafinha being put on the left by Xavi for those few weeks was disastrous. That's what yeah. kind of knocked him off off kilter. And hopefully he's back on kilter I mean, with the understanding that he's only going to play on the right side. Okay. I mean, we are already, we'll say, off our target as well for like two minutes per player. So picking it up here with Ferran Torres, give it to me. What's your Ferran Torres number? When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's PK and Puyol or PK and Mascherano or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough. And as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention. Those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy and all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content, everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Six? I don't know. I mean, I I feel like that's sort of a a reasonable number. I, I could be talked into a six and a half because I think he's still doing what we talked about him doing last year. He gets into good positions. He... He has a nose for scoring opportunities. He does seem to be playing with more self-assurance and confidence now. So, I mean, the, that does suggest that maybe there is, you know, I mean, there obviously is another gear for him, but hopefully that he is poised to actually find it. It's a little bit, I don't know. I, I can't really go higher than six and a half based on what I've seen, but his ceiling is obviously much higher. Yeah, well, looking at the numbers for last year, if you were more frustrated with him last year than you were this year, that's actually fair because numerically that's what we're seeing. 18 appearances, seven starts for him, five goals, one assist, four yellows, third on the team with a 4.7 expected goals and an 0.59 goals per 90, which is actually third on the team behind only Lewandowski and interestingly enough Memphis, but Memphis has only played three games, so mm-hmm. small sample size. So really second on the team in expected goals, yep. which tells you that, yes, he does miss. And that's why his expected goals are so high. And his goals are just five. So compared that to last season in the Liga, he had four goals, four assists, and an 0.25 goals per 90, but a 7.2 expected goals, which means last year he had even more chances and he was missing even more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he had that, that awful miss a few weeks ago, but then he goes to the Champions League and, 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 and kills Victoria Pilsen, which is a good thing for his confidence. So I'll have to see where his confidence lies after the World Cup. And he could have a huge World Cup and all of a sudden, you get a Ferran Torres coming back to Barcelona. Speaking of potentially having a huge World Cup. By the way, what, did you, what number did you give him? Six. I oh, okay. Yep. Yep. So again, for those keeping track at home, I gave a six to Rafinha, six to Ferran Torres. And you know what? I'm giving a six to Ansu Fati as well. 20 appearances for him, five starts, three goals, four assists, and 0.38 goals per 90. Again, I'm saying a lot of numbers here. But that's as, as we're talking about the margins. And I'm like, is it a 5.5? Is it a 7.5? Mm-hmm. I'm kind of using those numbers to kind of back up the eye test of what I'm seeing. And with Ansu, it's very similar. 5.7 expected goals is second on the team. Again, he has three goals from that. Again, at 0.38 goals per 90, which is a bit lower than we expect from Ansu. He's had quite a dry spell since he banged in that the first two goals earlier in the season. So for Ansu, you know, it's 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 only sad when those reports come out from his camp, which again is a Jorge, not, yeah, the Jorge Mendes camp that says, Hey, you know, he's fully fit now. Why isn't he getting starts? Why is he getting minutes? But it's an odd thing too, because Ansu truly is the only left winger on FC Barcelona. And they could really, really take off in the second half, especially in Europe, because Ansu has been a big game player in the past and he hasn't had that this year. But again, he's also only 20. So the World Cup could be a life-changing experience for him. I, I I want to go higher. I mean, maybe just out of my... Affection for Ansu, I'm going to go six and a half, but I'm basing these grades on what has actually happened. I mean, there's a little bit of, you know, projection and, you know, what is someone's ceiling and stuff like that. So, yeah, based on what's actually happened, I think, yeah, probably six, six and a half is about right. The one thing is the dry spell that he's gone through and a lot of, I don't want to say he, yeah, a little bit of, he hasn't had his rhythm exactly. And, you know, he's occasionally looked disjointed and, you know, in the system and everything. Yeah, maybe some of that is on him. Some of that is the accumulation of injuries and everything else. But I do think that to an extent, and I don't know what is talked about behind closed doors, I've been so frustrated with the fact that you need to put him out there to start a game every so often. And we talk about he is he has been a good big game player. And... You know, I've seen flashes from him where he looks fantastic. I always go back to one where, you know, I thought he was Dembele. And it was because he was so kind of fluid and fast. And I am forever going to be annoyed that he didn't start one or honestly, for me, it would have been both of the Inter in the Champions League and El Clasico that week. Because this is the superstar. This is your number 10. This is your guy. 
let him be that. I mean, I feel like playing 25 minutes a game, I don't know what we fully expect. I mean, you, yeah. you know, it's effectively like you don't ask a pinch hitter to be, you know, peak Barry Bonds, you know, to, to do my usual mixing of sports metaphors. But like this guy needs to get into, the, he needs to work up a ladder. He needs to get into the game. So a little bit of that is on Javi, I think. But yeah, I guess six and a half. Agreed. I want more onto, and I think with more onto, he can only go up. And I think maybe yeah. that's being too positive. Maybe his confidence has, again, maybe his confidence is even worse than we think it is. Like, we don't know what the mental toll is behind the scenes. Remember, this kid got really famous at 16, and you don't know how that's affected him over the last three, four years now since he's, again, been famous. Speaking of being famous, Memphis Dubai, who's known a lot for his, you know, his rap career and the guard <laughs> and things. I almost want to say not applicable or an NA on this. It's it like feels- incomplete, kind of. Yeah, like it feels so silly. Like, I mean, three appearances, two starts, 130 minutes, one goal, 0.69 goals per 90. That injury has meant that he's not available. So, I mean, do I give him a five? Because really with the three starts... Because he's the, looked good in that, you know, in those yeah, whatever, 130 whatever minutes. minutes. Yeah, yeah. He, his 0.69 goals per 90, as I said, is second on the team behind Lewandowski. That's yeah. because he had one goal in 130 minutes. So, again, I my saw magic, that goal, actually. I was sitting at that end of the stadium yeah. when he scored it. Yeah, it was, goal, yeah. Even in preseason, not to say preseason to be on and all, but he looked like being a bench option, he looked like he was a, a, a could have been a really important piece off the bench and just putting goals <laughs> in a way that you don't trust Farron. You know, Farron and Anso, I feel like sometimes, and uh, they have to kind of get get a uh, hold of the match, become comfortable in the match. Yes. Memphis just seemed like a guy that you could go out there like a wrecking ball and I mean, yeah, I maybe mean, it's because his thighs are it's so big, but and I'm thinking about that. But really, he just sounds like he could. He just looked like you go out there. Hey, well, you got you got six minutes to figure something out, and he's like, "All right, I'm going to smash my way straight through, and we're going to get something done." That's kind of what I was going to say. Is unlike the other two guys, which I mean, you know, whatever we we can talk about it at nauseum, but I don't think Memphis's confidence ever wavers. Yeah, unless he's playing for Manchester United again. No, not in, not in a Barcelona uniform at his age and in his prime. Yeah, no way. Yeah, I agreed. But I mean, I think if you put him, yeah, when you put him out there, whatever task you give him, it, he seems like a dude who believes that he can just do the undoable in a ridiculous amount of time. Yeah, so I think we're gonna actually set on incomplete 130 minutes. Yeah. Just like you need at least 200 minutes or yeah, it's like a game and a half he's played. Like yeah, you can't really go with him. Yeah. Okay, well, we're for those keeping track at home, we are beginning to get back on schedule. Maybe yep. we also go to the midfielders where things are going to get really difficult because I could probably go 35 minutes on Busquets. <laughs> but we instead start with Pedri. 19 appearances for Pedri. 1,426 minutes. He's third on the team, which again, looking at his injury issues from a season ago, mm-hmm. for him being third on the team and having only picked up one minor knock, that's a really good thing. He has three goals. Interesting point here. Zero assists for Pedri so far this year. That's and an shocking. 0.19 expected assists per game. Also has no cards, which again is a little, maybe just the tiniest little, that's like a 0.2, 0.3 little bump there. But I gave yeah. Pedri an eight, tying him with Lewandowski for tops on the team, at least at this point. So yeah, I, I went an eight with that. Even though he has no assists, Pedri has consistently been Barcelona's most important, not even influential, but just, I think he's been the most consistent player this year. Game in and game out. Yeah, I think in a vacuum, like at this point, I think he is their yeah. best player. Just well, I was going to say that. His, because his, his floor this yeah. year, I think, has, has never dipped lower. Like, I can't mm-hmm. think of a single game this year where there wasn't at least a few moments when you're like, okay, Pedrick really impacted this game in a positive way. Yep. He, I don't think he really even put a stinker in this year. No, I, I, I don't think he's ever put in a, I don't think he's put in a stinker at all this season. And, you know, kind of those moments that you're talking about, there are the moments where you feel his impact very much. And then, you know, once or twice a game, I mean, and sometimes they're on sort of nothing plays where it's just whether it's collecting the ball or just like a little touch or a feint or something like that, where he's, you know, kind of that, that specialness kind of radiates off of him. And that never seems to slump, but he also seems to never, he doesn't seem like a player that leans, that, that kind of get, gets drunk on the fact that he is so, you know, effectively like a, you know, kind of a genius level player. And it doesn't seem like he ever kind of lazily leans on that. Yeah. I think he always just puts in a performance and he effortlessly plays like Pedri, which is a great thing to do. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm at an eight as well. Uh, I wanted to give him an eight and a half. I would like to see more tallies in the either goals or assists 
columns to kind of take that last step. But I mean, he's, I don't know if he, if he creates, if he scores slash assists on three goals in two games, when they come back, I'll immediately, yeah, be at eight and a half with him. Yeah. I mean, the fun fact, I don't have the photo evidence, but Mm -hmm. I did have a conversation this year Mm -hmm. with his dad when he came to visit the uh, NYC Pena. I I misheard. I thought it was his uncle. And then like (laughs) had a quick conversation with this guy. And then after the fact, found out that it was actually his dad and uh, his dad is the language barrier was, was rough. My Spanish is not good enough to like fully, I, I it was just a lot of congratulations and things like that. Yeah. Father even meeting him was very humble and, uh, and seemed to be very nice. And it was just very down to earth. Like, why is this guy all the way in New York city, you know, meeting nobody's at, at, at this bar. And yeah, his dad was very gracious with his time and just a, a nice guy. Okay. Um, for full discretion, the next one is Gavi. And I'm going to let you say the number because I have to be honest and say that this was the hardest one. This is one where I might even not tell you what my number was and I might change it to whatever you have if I, if I like your answer. Man, I'm, I'm torn between seven and a half and eight for, for full. Discovery. Really? I'm going to give him seven and a half. Now, I think a little bit of that is with, you know, with few exceptions, I think he is the player that I sort of, whose personality I enjoy most and whom I enjoy just kind of watching do what it is he does. I'm going to say seven and a half. Uh, Now that one might be a little bit of me doing the thing that I said I wasn't going to do and projecting a bit and, and, you know, kind of rating based on potential, but I don't want to go much lower than that. If that sounds, yeah, I'm going to say seven and a half. So and I'm, so I'm biased. What's so tough about Gabi yeah. is that for me, the eye test is a seven and a half because you're right. Like this team even takes on his personality at times. Yes. Like he was one of the only ones that I could argue was, I think, I think overwhelmingly not a positive against Inter, but he was influential in especially that second Inter game again. And the matches that seemed to, to rest on, do you have it? What are the inter- intangibles on the field? Those are the ones that he seems to even shine more so. Yes. In 19 appearances for him, 1,132 minutes are eighth on the team. One assist, four assists, four yellows rather, which again means that he's figured that out. Four yellows yep. are good. 0.3 expected goals and an 0.02 expected goals per 90. Those numbers are supremely low. Yes. Bobby, who is supposed to be a high interior, usually on the right now because Gabi got wise to it. He is not in goal scoring positions. He is not assisting. He is not creating. And so I'm stuck in this in two minds here. I had written on the page 6.5, but I will commit to seven because, as you said, the eye test tells me that he has been a very important player for Barca to the point where you could argue in the first half of this half (laughs) that Mm -hmm. he did deserve to start over Frankie de Jong. And the problem was mm-hmm. the next guy we're going to talk about. And Pedri and Gabi should have been locked in starters because of the way that he was important to the team and building up. He was not so great when they put him on the left wing and he wasn't so great as a left interior, but very much like Rafinha. When Xavi has played Gavi where he belongs, it all makes a ton of sense. So yeah. I think I'm going to land with seven because I will. I can even put part of that responsibility as to why Gavi isn't higher on Xavi instead of on Gavi right. himself. But as I said, I want to see more production from Gabi. But again, I also have to give him a seven because that's rated on our expectations of a 17-year-old. And so yep. I think seven is fair. Six and a half is a bit too harsh. Speaking of harsh, <laughs> here is, is this is the lowest grade I gave. No, just double checking. But Sergio Busquets gets a five for me. I'll go through my little Sergio Busquets thing here. 16 appearances, 1,195 minutes, fifth on the team. Remember last year he was first for outfield mm-hmm. players. So Maybe a little step back, if you will, quotes around that one. One assist, nine yellow cards, one red. Now, he was in the 90th percentile of aerial duels one, which is almost the highest of his career, 77th percentile in tackles, 70th in interceptions, and still 94th in passes attempted and progressive passes. These figures put him in comparable categories to Fabinho from Liverpool, Bubakar Kamara of Austin Villa, Valentin Rangier of Marseille, Jorginho from Chelsea, Kevin Kumpel of RB Leipzig, Jean Martino from Wolves, and Tyler Adams from Leeds. Now, the crazy thing about Busquets this year, his passing percentages are up across the board. 82% on his long balls is his highest since 1819 season. The one offensive outlier, his expected assists per game are at 0.6. They have never been lower than 1.5 since that statistic started being tracked in, two, in 2017. Wow. And But most importantly... 
this will ding him a little bit. His wages jump from 423,000 per week and 22 million year, uh, yearly to 712,000 per week and 87 million annually. So a huge jump. Not Wait, double. he made 87 million this year? He, yeah, made, no, 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 it's 80, it's 37 million annually. So he went from 22 mil last year. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So the number I gave him, I didn't end all that. So I know I gave some positive numbers for you, but this is where the eye test is screaming at me and yeah. he eats the five. I cannot, I gave you all these numbers, right? And I, I made this argument. That argument is nothing. I'm immediately feeling it back because I'm watching the games and it's a five for Sergio Busquets. This is his worst season probably ever. I, I think we can say that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it is. Go. Yeah. I mean, I think this is without a doubt the, the worst season ever so i mean to i think i'm gonna i'm essentially going to do here what you did with gabi is i had five and a half but i'm gonna join you at five because i don't know i think there's a little bit of a reflex that just the 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 presence of you know just the physical form of sergio busquets you know inherently kind of a it's not even an eye test, but almost just there's a, there's a visual comfort that comes that comes with seeing him there. But then, yeah, I mean, like you said, this is when you really watch him closely. This is the worst season I think I've ever seen him have. And unfortunately, I think you know there's there's no injuries to hang it on. There's no anything like that. This is simply just you know age really you know age and decline and a team changing around yeah. you. I mean, I mean, yes and no, because it's what's interesting is what seems to be poor, and the numbers back this up, is mm -hmm. that he's making uncharacteristic short passing mistakes. And I, I think it was either Gerard or Lampard had said this as they were like winding their careers down, yeah. that those, the simple things become a lot harder because yeah. you don't exactly have all of it. So I, I want to always reiterate that in transition, you know, and Levon is always arguing with me every time I bring this up. But in transition, I don't know what we can say about Busquets taking a step back. But we can, I mean, the numbers even say that his short passing, he's making more mistakes than he's ever made yeah. in, in the things that he always did, did at an elite level. And so if the things that he does at an elite level are taking a little bit of a step back, that's where you're losing it. It's not his physicality and in transition and speed and all the things that people always hang their hat on and what the problem with Busquets is. The problem is that if he's not doing Busquets things at the highest level, that's why the grade is a five. And, and that's why I give him that grade. So the next guy here, Frankie DeYoung, I handed him a seven from his 17 appearances, 1,137 minutes, seventh on the team, two goals, one assist, no cards for him. But again, with the caveat that his role has drastically changed. He yeah. went from being out of the team, they need to force him out, to being back into the team, to now the club has to reevaluate whether or not he's going to be a major player moving forward, especially with PK agreeing to retire in the way that he did. So in yeah. theory, if Barca don't bring anybody in, they can pay Frankie de Young's wages, but he's still going to be with his contract too expensive. So I, I don't know how this all pays out, but what I uh, plays out, but what I can tell you is that very much like Dembele last season, if Xavi believes that Busquets has taken a little bit of a step back and it's time to start to phase him out a little bit, you know, on the bench in the second half of the season, that means Frankie's a starter. And there can be this world where the club still tries to push him out over the summer, but he winds up being a, a, an essential player down the stretch here in the second half of the year. Yeah, I mean, I've loved, I've loved watching him play. And I think he, you know, we both, you know, for, for good reason, but I think we both dinged Xavi a little bit for usage with Ansu Fati and Gabi a little bit. But I think what we've seen from Dembele and also Frankie de Young, I mean, these are monumental achievements on Xavi's part because these are also, these aren't, you know, while they are young players, these are dudes who'd gotten paid and could easily have just said, all right, I'm just going to go sit in the expensive seats at Cup now just collect eight figures a year until my contract winds down. I'm not going to do you any favors. Yeah. And I mean, I can, I really can see De Young has been an influential player thus far, and I can absolutely see him getting more influential because I think the reality that whether by, by choice or by force, <laughs> Busquets is going to have to take a little bit of a step back. And I think that when that happens, it necessitates De Young starting. I mean, I have him at, I was torn between seven and seven and a half. 
I'm going to go seven and a half just because I'm sort of talking myself into it as I, as I talk about him. And I'm very both impressed with how off the pitch he handled, mm-hmm. I mean, really just some subpar treatment from the club yeah. and showed up, did his job, was a pro's pro, played center back in the preseason and is now kind of the, the game has swung back to him and he very well could be one of the most important players on the club, you know, in the club for, you know, at least the remainder of this season, if not beyond. Yep. Well, the guy who I thought was going to take his spot in the preseason gets my tied for lowest grade next up. And that is Frank Kessier, who gets a 4.5 from me, 13 mm-hmm. appearances, five starts, less than 500 total minutes, has one goal in the three yellow cards. Kessier hasn't gotten used to being a Barca yet. I will say that while he is 4.5 now, it wouldn't surprise me if we give him a seven for the second half of the season or that gets raised up for the whole year to, to like a six because, yeah, he just doesn't look like he's comfortable, hasn't adjusted. And as I always remind you, especially it seems like players who are A, switching leagues and B, kind of already entering their prime. Those are the players that really always seem to struggle at Barcelona and getting used to it. Like young players seem to be able to like take the things like water, mm-hmm. but Kessie already seems to be who he is at 25 and it's not it's what Xavi thought he wanted and we saw some really good glimpses in the preseason but it seems like when the quality of the opponent went up the things that he does well and the ways he's comfortable he was a bit he's a bit behind both unfortunately defensively I think a bit too like positionally a a bit and then offensively that one touch passing that we saw so well it's kind of letting him down it might be a confidence thing too but yeah that's why I settled on 4.5 which Again, for Kessier, it's it's just a little bit of, yeah, I just don't think he's integrated himself just yet. And it makes me hopeful for that he can improve in the second half. Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's played too much for me to give him an incomplete. And I don't even think an, an incomplete would just be a, a straight-up cop-out. But, yeah. I mean, I would probably, I would say a four, and that's not to, it's really not to denigrate him. I think it's a really good point. Where you, I mean, just purely based on performance, it's like you said, he hasn't, Neither in defense nor in attack has he really had like a pillar to his game, you know? And the the tools are there. And yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I mean, I think when we talk about this in a few months' time, the, the numbers will be will be higher and will probably reflect on something more of an at least like a passable season from him. But I think it was interesting what you said. Yeah, it's the, these guys, these kind of mid-career guys that are brought in seldom pan out here. I mean, you know, I guess like Luis Suarez being one of the, the notable exceptions that, that comes to mind. But yeah, I mean, you either have to be young and hungry and willing to humble yourself a little bit for Barcelona or old enough to have been around the block a few times and yeah. kind of know the way the game is played. Or um, do a racket did and basically reinvent yourself if you're yes. going to come and, and then you become a really important player. And so Kessier, I mean, I think he, I think he actually, honestly, he needs to, to, to look at how Rakitic did that. Yes. And, and be willing to kind of reinvent himself completely. Okay, so next three, I'm going to couple them all together. It's just the young midfielders that have also featured for Barcelona's first team, and then we're going to move on to defenders. So Pablo Torre, I give him a six for his four appearances, the one start, the one goal, of course, in the Champions League, 109 minutes, one yellow card, and then incompletes for Marc Casado, who had one appearance, 24 minutes, and Alvaro Sanz came on for one appearance, 14 minutes. For Casado and Torre, they're making their Barcelona debuts. Of course, Pablo Torre is his first uh, year at the club. For Marc Casado, has been at the club for, what is it? I think he was 12-ish when he, uh, I think he arrived from Espanol, I want to say. And I think he was 12, 13, 14, somewhere around there. Uh, then first broke out as a U16. And so it's been a long time coming for Casado. And it was whether, as I've said before, whether he's a first teamer for the, the far future, I'm not sure. I don't think he has a high enough ceiling to, but he, uh, and along with Sans, and maybe Sans, but Pablo Torre for certain, we're going to see more of them on the Copa del Rey. And depending on La Liga, again, I think it's going to be tight. I don't think we're going to see that much more of them, but mm-hmm. depending on the Europa League, and there is going to be more congestion there. So Pablo Torre might be um, kind of slotted into some late stage of Liga minutes, I'd say this season. And I think, very much, not even like Kessier. Uh, I, I, how do I say this? It's hard because I guess Busquets is where I'm taking those minutes from, right? Whenever I say, yeah. oh, I expect him to get more minutes in the second half. So if we expect Kessier and Pablo Torre to both get more minutes, where are those minutes going to come from? Right. Are they going to come from Gabi? Are they going to come from Frank and Young as interiors? I mean, if the Young plays more not. as a pivot, yeah, right. So if the Young plays more as a pivot and Busquets loses his minutes, well, that's yeah. where SEA and Torre can get their minutes. So I, I don't want to say that I expect to see more of Torre, uh, Pablo Torre in the second half of the year, but 
very much with the Copa del Rey, as I said, we yeah. there are going to be different competitions, even maybe the Spanish Super Cup, who knows. But that one seems to matter. And because of where they play it, you know, they seem to have all these things in their contracts that they have to yeah. put out their best. And it's it's nonsense there. But yeah, so Pablo Torre yeah. 6 might be too high. But again, he's also only made four appearances and he's 19, just showed up. So it's like, I, I'm not going to be too harsh on him. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to cop out. And, they, you know, they're... I'm going incomplete for all three and not because of anything bad. I mean, I actually think Pablo Torre looks, looks like a, looks like a player. And you and I have talked about Casado and, you know, kind of is the ceiling enough, you know, just, is he maybe more of a high floor player than a high ceiling player, which is, you know, that's great. I mean, that's, that's, I don't, you don't want to call him club Philly, but it's club depth. You know, it's the kind of person that kind of player that, doesn't break the wage bill and just kind of keeps the machine chugging along. If that's what he develops into, that's great. You know, it's great that they've all cracked the first team. I haven't frankly seen enough to have developed a super strong opinion either way, but I do think, I mean, I think Pablo Torre has the, all the tools to be a, a real player. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully that comes, but and yeah. When we're talking about, and we were talking about Gabi and Pedri and their final product. They might never have the final product, but they also might have. To, they might also have the ability to control games that yes. you get from midfielders, right? Like that combination of, Shab- of uh, Pedri and, and Gabi. Almost like Xavi, but Gabi and Pedri. You just see when you again we watch the game how influential they are to the full ninety minutes. But yep. Pablo Torre of that trio, again, he's also nineteen. He's the one who finishing product wise you could say has the most potential. Like he could at the end of a season finish with six or seven goals and becomes mm-hmm. that that third option down the road there somewhere and his assists as well. So you're kind of waiting for him to take his finishing product from the third division, pop that up to the first division, which again is easier said than done, especially when you're a teenager. All right, exactly. moving to the defenders. We're kind of on schedule, but because there's so many defenders, we're going to have to make them definitely shorter. So oh, yeah, uh, there's a lot of them. I don't want to talk too fast. Jumping ahead here with Ronda Rajo starting with the center backs. I gave him a seven. He only made seven appearances, 600 minutes, two yellow cards. Hasn't played since September the 17th and played just the first Champions League game against Bayern Munich, the 2-0 loss. He was on the field for just three total goals conceded this year. One to Real Sociedad and two against Bayern Munich. It leaves us with the question and probably the answer that if that Barcelona is still in the Champions League with Araujo healthy. But unfortunately, with the time he's missed already, it is fair to call the 23-year-old injury prone, and he has been. Basically, one multi-month injury every season so far. So I gave him a 7 because... Unfortunately for him, he's not on the field. And I do not say I'm going to dock him for that. But again, being on the field is a skill in itself. And Araujo, unfortunately, has only made seven appearances, 600 minutes. Again, when Bar- when he's been on the field, Barcelona has been as good as they can be, you could argue. Again, with that, they were at cost in that first game against Bayern Munich. But as we said before, if Lewandowski finishes those two chances or Pedri finishes his one, then they walk out of Bavaria with a 2-2 draw. Yeah, it's a completely different story. Yeah. So Araujo gets the seven for me. I'm going, this is another one where uh, I'm giving him a seven and a half. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm bucking the, the greatest ability is availability thing. And um, because he really, for me is, and I realize we have to put this caveat on him, I guess, anytime we talk about him henceforth is Araujo, when healthy is, for me, he's in the conversation of in a vacuum, best actual football player, you know, just best football player on Barca's team or, you know, best, best at the job that he is asked to do on, on the team. And I think he's absolutely world-class when he's, when he's healthy, when he's, you know, when he's firing on all cylinders, I fully recognize that I'm willfully ignoring the fact that he is with some frequency, not healthy, but his, his ceiling kind of talks me into ignoring that and giving him the extra, the extra 0.5 on the grade. I, yeah, I don't know, though, because my, my actually issue and why I landed him at seven is because if he had been in El Clasico, if he had been, well, mm-hmm. as he was in the preseason, if he was in the Inter games, I think Inter set up their press, and I don't know if Ronda Rajo solves Barca's problems in that game. Like, defensively, I mean, the 3-3 at home, for sure. But on the road, I, I don't, like, defensively, he solves the problem. And so maybe yeah. you're talking about a 0-0 draw. Again, like, it, it's... Barcelona are still in the Champions League with him. I said that, and I mean that. Like they, so they're still in yeah. the competition with yep. him. But he also like the reason why I, st- I stay, I stick at seven is because his passing out of the back is something that other teams take advantage of mm-hmm. and still game plan for. And so I just, I that part of his game is still unrefined and yep. was also even in the preseason an emphasis for other teams to try to take advantage of. Speaking of being taken advantage of, 
Eric Garcia is our next man up here. And this is going to be polarizing. People are going to have opinions here. I landed on a 6.5. 13 appearances, 10 starts, 833 total minutes, one goal, two yellow cards. The times when he looked outmatched were the same times that Barca looked outmatched mm -hmm. against Real Madrid, which is probably the worst of his season in El Clasico, and Bayern Munich at a spot if I can't know. Those were his two worst two games unequivocally. But Eric Garcia is one of the reasons or one of the pieces of why you say Barca can win La Liga. Because Eric Garcia, as one of your starting center backs in most La Liga matches, can do enough, can do his role, can get the job done defensively yep. and offensively. He's so important to controlling those Liga games where the ball is moving a bit slower than it is in the Champions League. And he is, again, just fine for your four center back. So I gave him a 6.5, again, based on the expectations, because Araujo and Koundé not available for Inter and, and by, I mean, uh, for Inter Milan in, uh, in Italy. I mean, that was catastrophic, right? Yeah. And so for Eric Garcia to have to play in those important matches is almost unfair to him because that's not what he was supposed to do. Um, so that's why I give him a 6.5 because that's also not a great compliment. But I mean, there is this world where he gets a seven and a half for me because he's only played the matches he was supposed to play. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think you bring, bring up a really good point. I mean, he's, I don't know that Eric Garcia is a starting caliber, you know, against Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Inter Milan, but he's, he's been deputized as many have on the, on the Barca back line. And but I think another interesting thing that you said is that that I do agree with. I think in a strange way, he serves as a really good litmus test for how Barca are playing against 85% of La Liga opposition. And I mean, I think pretty, pretty good at his, like you said, pretty good at his level. So I think based on those games, I'd be, I'd be torn between a six and a half and a seven. I went with the six because I think the, the shortcomings, so Real Madrid and, and Inter Milan, not that you expect him to turn those games or, you know, change the results of those games, but I would have liked to have seen him, I don't know, like, it, it didn't seem like he elevated a lot. Like, the 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 shortcomings didn't seem to be shortcomings of commission. It was more so, like, it's not like he was trying stuff and it was going wrong. It was just, he you know, he was outclassed in those two games, I thought. Yeah, and there is this world, too, with the World Cup. He is one of those players with the greatest variance there. There, are, There is this world where Spain goes really deep, and he's somehow a starter for Luis Enrique at the center back position next to Laporte. And and Spain, again, Spain do really, really well. And people can say, hey, Eric Garcia, where is that for Barcelona? But there's, again, this other world where it's a self-fulfilling prophecy where if Spain do struggle and he gets beat in a 1v1 or something, regardless of how many times other defenders get beat, mm -hmm. every time he individually, or it feels like he individually let up a goal, all those naysayers get to say, see, I told you so. So yeah. <laughs> he is one of those players that he is whatever you want to see. If Spain succeeds and he's a part of it, then he's going to get the plaudits. And if not, it's going to go the other way. Speaking of 7.5, by the way, though, Jules Kunde for me, gets a 7.5, 10 appearances, 10 starts, 818 minutes. Again, you'd like to see more because mm -hmm. he got hurt. Three assists, though, no card. And the three assists in particular, I have to say that he's played a center back, arguably even Barca's best center back, played it right back, arguably even Barca's best right back. So Jules Kinney for me, seven and a half. I think he has been, as far as the stop and start nature of his arrival, I, I think he's given you on the field exactly what you needed from him or exactly what you asked or expected of him, seven and a half. Yes, I, I think so too. So, I mean, I, I want seven and a half as well. So I essentially put him on par with uh, Araujo as well because, you know, um, I don't recall. Uh, do you have in front of you what the discrepancy in minutes is between the two of them? Yes. Araujo has played 600 total minutes and it's 818 from Kunde. So about, what, so, two and a half extra games. Two-ish, yeah, two and a half games. The, the funny thing is, is like, it, it simultaneously... Because Kunde did miss, you know, a, a good a good chunk of time in there, but it's on the same basis. I I feel like since he's come back and Arojo is currently hurt, although going to the World Cup with Uruguay, um, they fall into a similar category for me, which is when they're there, they are unimpeachable and they are fantastic mm -hmm. and just supremely trustworthy. He is what you would have hoped for when when you signed him. I mean, he does offer a lot of the things that Arojo doesn't at center back. I don't know. I mean, I've just been absolutely delighted with him and I'm, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really hopeful. I mean, he is not by any means injury prone or anything like that. But I mean, it's just my hope that he stays healthy the rest of the season so that he can kind of serve as an anchor for that back line. Yeah, coming in here as a 23-year-old has almost never dealt with an injury. That was his longest injury or time miss in his entire career. And again, it also matters for Kunde the matches he missed because he did miss the most important match of the season, which is frustrating. Um, Again, we are we're so close to being on time, but we're we're just slightly. We got to pick it up. All right, next one. You know, I did his legacy stuff. I went over and over and over again about uh, talking with Sam Marsden about that and Levon last week and everybody. So Gerard PK, I don't have much more to say. Five for me, 10 appearances, six starts, asked to be a big player in the biggest games. Did not, it was a, if it was a pass fail, not going to give him passing grade. 642 minutes, two yellows, one red. And uh, yeah, obviously the red is a fun red. But yeah, Gerard PK for me, it's a five on its way out. As he said, he planned on retiring before, and then the injuries meant he needed he was needed, and he did play like a player that was pretty much already retired. So five for me. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna go four, and I made the executive decision to bump that a little bit as you were talking. Yeah, I mean, I understand. On the one hand, he was never supposed to be in there, but also. He looked like he was never supposed to be in there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there, I understand cool credit, but like, you know, attendance, attendance points or whatever. But that's what the four is for. So you get the four for like showing up at work. That's what's interesting in the Champions League, in all pretty much all of his Liga appearances this year, though. That's like the weird argument that he's been good. Like, he's been fine. Like, I mean, look at his swan song against Ameria. Like, he was. Vintage PK, right? And so that's why I had a hard time going below five, just because I think he still showed you what he can do. But again, the minute they're in the Champions League, the minute the competition is high enough for he needs to rise in the game. Wait, was it the first goal? First goal against Inter, I believe? Yes. It was when Varela got in behind, yes. But, But at the same time, too, he's like, motioning to calm down like it's cool we got this there's nothing to worry about while there's someone just absolutely just setting a bonfire behind you and just ready to turn like torch the whole thing yeah that that one stuck with me and so that's why his his grade was gonna have a three handle for me but i'm just i don't want to kick the man on his way out the door so i'll give him a four all right. All right. Next one. Uh, I had trouble with this one too. This is my second hardest behind Gabi. If you if you care about that, Andres Christensen, eight appearances, seven starts, five hundred and thirty-four minutes, one yellow card. Five and a half. Five. I I guess I don't really have. It, it's weird. I know he's there, and I know he plays sometimes, but I don't really have thoughts on him. And maybe that's good to mm. to an extent, but yeah. Um, I, I, I feel like that's a little low. I have him at 6.5, which to me, I think... Yeah, I should probably go 6. I I think I skew a little bit lower in some of these. Like, uh, yeah. So I guess what I mean, spiritually, I I mean to give him a 6. Yeah, I think the reason I give him 6.5 is because, again, I think that's what I've delineated as solid. That's what solid is. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm I'm learning what my, quote-unquote, like just above average is. Christensen is not a net negative. And again, Barcelona leading the Liga. So he only played eight times. And one of those was like a little quick appearance when he was coming back from injury. So he really only played seven times. I don't think he did anything wrong in those seven times. Like he, the no, Chelsea fans won't be afraid. Yeah. Chelsea fans. Oh, he's not going to better that. But I mean, he's, he's been fine. Incomplete to Chadi Riyad, who made one appearance, the mm-hmm. two minutes came on late, but mm-hmm. two very important minutes, by the way, <laughs> throwing that out there uh, yeah. in the last game before the break to close that out after Afinia helped with that comeback against Osasuna. So you know, hey, good two minutes. We'll see what happens with him. That's great. Before. Yeah, exactly. Um, as I said, I would, you know, it's always the case with me. I would rather trust him with some spot minutes in the second half, couple of the way, all that stuff, than bring in Enigo Martinez at this point. But yeah, that's just me. Uh, speaking of coming from the academy and making some appearances, Alejandro Balde gets a 7.5 from me, 16 appearances. This was, this was shocking to me. Mm-hmm. 1,139 minutes, good for sixth on the team. Bigger picture there, as far as the back line goes, Balde, Marcus Alonso, and Eric Garcia are your top three in defender minutes. Balde has also added three assists and two yellow cards. Correct. Right. At the start of the season, if you said, hey, Alejandro Balde, Marcus Alonso, and Eric Garcia are your most played defenders, and you're winning La Liga at the break, I I, I think there's, you would have to say, how? 
Why? Yeah, I, I would ask, like, what happened to Madrid? Did did Madrid get like right. swallowed by the earth? Or well, what? no, seven and a half for Alejandro Balde, because even again with his three assists, Balde has been on the left side, on the right side. I mean, seven and a half might even be too. Based on expectations, that even may be too low. I, he even might be an eight because yes. he certainly has been the revelation of the season, the most positive thing, and it looks like Barcelona have their left back spot handled for a long time, and now they're able to use. Now they're able to spend on backup money for the yeah. left back spot instead of needing an A, instead of needing like the guy at left back. Now yeah. you can shift all your attention to the right back spot and then in the future of the pivot, which I mean, for Balde to do that in just three months is miraculous. Again, seven and a half might even be too low. Yeah. I, so I, I, I love Balde. Just, I, I do. I, I love watching him. It's just, he's incredible to watch and, He's been fantastic. I mean, we spoke about him, you know, before the season and we talked about, I think at the time we talked, you know, last season, early this season, we talked about what he couldn't, what, what he needed to shore up and, you know, maybe what he couldn't do and what deficiencies there might be in his game. But he has been absolutely fantastic. I mean, I I don't know that there's maybe one or two players that have sort of enjoyed watching here and there more than Dembalde, but he consistently is right up there with Gabi for me as just the the guy on this team that I most enjoy when he pops up on my screen. And I mean, the most enjoyable thing about him this year is that he's improving. Yes. In the game, like in front of us. And that is... And I think his confidence too is just, he's he's playing in a way, I mean, he's he's playing with kind of the, he's found this... I don't know, this equilibrium, this ideal equilibrium of confidence where he absolutely plays like he knows he's good enough and he knows he belongs, but, you know, he's very much also aware of his his spot on the team and his role and not trying so hard to be a star that he's creating, you know, sort of creating problems or, you know, trying too hard. He's He's playing at, he's doing the right amount of, what he needs to do and and what he does well. Yeah, I was torn between seven and a half and eight. I'm going to go seven. Uh, actually, I'm going to go eight for the simple fact that he, I think in terms of quality at the apex, I think Kunde and Arojo are at this point, at this moment in time, Arojo and Kunde at their, at their apex are better than what Balde is maybe right now. But the fact that that gap is so much smaller than what I would have expected it to be and mm-hmm. that he is logged three to 500 more minutes than each of those guys. And if we're judging it on this season, I always think of like, you know, like in, in us sports, when you're picking an all-star team, I think a big thing is, you know, what have you done this season? And yeah. he's been fantastic. So I'm going to generate like not generously, but I'm going to bump up my score and give him an eight. Yeah. All right. We're running almost short on time. So I'm going to package all these together and we're going to rapid fire. I need all of your numbers on this next, Let's on the go. last four. On the other fullbacks, Marcus Alonso, 12 appearances, nine, nine starts, 853 minutes, one goal, one yellow. What's your count? Six. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think we need to explain more. <laughs> Has there been bad moments? Yes. Have there been good moments? Uh, sure. Maybe. Six. <laughs> Alba, 12 appearances, nine starts, 828 minutes, which is fourth among defenders, which is actually crazy mm-hmm. to me. A guy who was supposed to be benched has the fourth most minutes among defenders. Tells you how many injuries there's been this season. Yeah. Two assists. And two yellow cards. To me, Jordi Alba also got a six. Yeah, I was torn between six and six and a half, but six seems about right. Six and a half might be a little generous. Well, speaking of six and a half, Sergio Roberto, I gave him six and a half. 12 appearances, six starts, 583 minutes. Again, still cannot stay healthy, but but in those minutes, the two goals, the two assists, the two yellows. I actually think he's been a net positive. He's been good and uh, not to say he's been their best right back, but again, he's competing with the next guy, uh, well, I mean, give me your Sergio Roberto, and then... Yeah. Um, I went with six. <laughs> six for him okay. as well. But your 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 case for a six and a half is a compelling one. Sure. I mean, and I said, he hasn't been their best right back because Araujo and Kunde are better at that position. But he has been better than Hector Bayerine, who was brought in on that uh, free transfer. I yes. also gave Hector Bayerine a... Tied him for the lowest count that I gave, and that was a 4.5. Five appearances, three starts, 323 minutes. As unfair as it is to him that he was thrown to the Wolves against Bayern and he's been trust he was trusted in the most important games of the season. Mm-hmm. He also, again, very much like PK, 
unequivocally failed those tests <laughs> and it, it stopped. It, it was a, again, wrong, wrong guy at the wrong time. And I'm now I'm going to punish him for that four and a half. Yeah. I mean, I, I went four, but it's like you said, it's, so it's bad luck that he was thrown into these games against the, the best competition. And he's, he's not that guy. Like he's not, he's not up to that task and anything like that. But I guess that's part of the, you have to at least show that there is the capacity there to maybe be that guy in short spurts. And I don't even know if there is a 15 minute flourish in which Hector Bayerian could sort of hold his own in a classico against this iteration of Real Madrid or against Bayern Munich or like, how do you feel with like Romelu Lukaku like bearing down on Hector Bayerian? You know, like it just, or, you know, like, and just, I, I feel like there's very little to hang your hat on with him. Well, and offensively, that's what he was brought in to do. Yeah. And even in those three starts and the five appearances, watching him and whoever was on that right side, usually Dembele, it was like mm-hmm. watching the butter and mustard. I mean, it was yeah. just like, ah. yeah, All I right. don't know what the yeah. uh, goalkeepers here. So Ter Stegen, man, I said eight, mm-hmm. but there, I think maybe it should be an 8.5. Like on, on further instruction to think of the Lewandowski eight I gave out, the Pedri eight I gave mm-hmm. out there's an argument that Ter Stegen is an 8.5 because with his 19 appearances, 1,710 minutes leads the team. Again, I, I think the only reason why it's not an 8.5 is because of the champions league. So I think yeah. every player on this team, Barca are in the Europa league. So I couldn't put anybody lower than a 4.5 cause they're leading the Liga and I couldn't go higher than eight because they're knocked out of the champions league already. So I think that's why I set on an eight with Ter Stegen, but yeah, he has been fantastic turning back the clock and arguably his best season in, well, not arguably, it's been his best season in in three and a half, four years, maybe even more so, yeah. especially in the Liga, where those clean sheets are just rolling off. He already has exceeded his clean sheets tally from last season. Like He's been great. Yeah, so I went uh, sort of bookending the two. Like Lewandowski, I gave uh, Ter Stegen an eight and a half. I mean, he is, you know, I mean, it's such a shame because you look at, and it, it's a shame for so many of these guys, when you look at, <laughs> El Clasico and Bayern Inter Inter in the Champions League. And if any of those, or ideally two of those games, but if any of those results go the other way, there's just the, the, just the, compl- so much of the complexion of everything changes. I mean, even when I even say El Clasico, I mean, just you get a point out of that and your lead over Real Madrid at this point is borderline commanding given you know, what most of your, most of the rest of your schedule looks like. And, and so, yeah, I mean, because injury. and those players coming back from injury as well. Yes, exactly. So I think, yeah, like Justin honestly has played, yeah, on a game in game out basis with the exception of those, the, the couple of poor games that he's had. He, yeah, he's been like a nine, 9.5 level guy, but yeah, I mean, I think 8.5 is a, is a reasonable score for him. All right, uh, last two are really easy. Um, I know Tanaska has an incomplete zero appearances, but yeah. he's in a lot of pictures. He's in a lot of celebratory pictures, by the way. So I think people yeah, good like for him. Like he's he's living like a life. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he seems as as his personality. You see more and more of it through the years. He is a bit of a character, <laughs> and you actually want that in your goalkeeper, especially your third goalkeepers. Oh yeah, he's just twenty. So and then not even young goalkeeper in Pena's, you know getting there to almost his mid twenties, but he's what, 22, 23 still. He's made one appearance this year, 90 minutes in the champions league four two wins. We gave up two goals, but uh, he also had some big, big saves in that first half as far as we're finding their footing. So I gave Inaki Pena six, which again, very much like six and a half. It's just, he was solid. He gave up goals, but they also weren't his fault. So it's like, if we saw more of him, I think he is a pretty good shot stopper and he's not bad with his feet either. He's solid with his feet. So there are worse players in this world to be your backup goalkeepers. And the fact that Barcelona are saving so much money, I mean, he is dirt cheap. Yeah. I mean, he's like 120th of what Neto cost uh, as far as like annual salary. So Inaki Pena, I mean, he's doing the job that he's supposed to do. So maybe he'll make a few more appearances. I'm hoping Ter Sagan stays healthy, of course. And Ter Sagan has earned every start. But in the Copa del Rey, wherever Barcelona... Yeah, I was going to say, hopefully like early Copa del Rey or, you know, just... The, the spot La Liga start if hopefully the, the Europa League get, you know, the Europa League run gets deeper or any kind of snoozer, you know, if you're able to to put in a really spectacular first leg performance in the Europa League, maybe, you know, get him a run out. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I think he's been, yeah, he looks good. 
I, I yep. don't feel I don't feel sad that he's the I don't feel sad or scared that he's the backup goalkeeper. So yeah, six point five sounds yeah. good to me. Well, because we're talking about the backup goalkeeper, that means that's the end of the show. That means we hit the entire roster. We did it. Yep. I I, I did fail. So I give us a six point five. I said it was solid. We did a solid job. But uh, on the count here, I think I'm at a minute and two, uh, an hour and two minutes. So we just oh, missed it. Um, I feel like that's okay. I, I would take solid. I gave us a six point five. I said yeah. it's solid. <laughs> So anyway, that'll do it. I hope you give us 6.5. Actually, no, give us five stars. We, yes. we haven't seen that in reviews lately. So go on iTunes, on Spotify, um, write us a nice review. That would be that'd be nice of you. So that's my call to action here at the end of this one, if you're still with us. Again, you can also follow us on Twitter. Do your review there. as I did my grade for Ronald Araujo. See see the good and see what... See, see the good and see what's there when everyone's at their best. Well, how about this? How about this? In the comments, do not speak to me the way you talk to uh, Ronald Koeman. I, I, I heard a lot from a lot of you as we talked about Koeman, so I don't need that feedback. So anyway, all right. Uh, Patreon, YouTube, you know where to find us. Likely, I'm going to make this into a YouTube video, not just the full podcast, but I, I might do a little uh, image thing as well with some grades and have some fun there. So they're also, obviously, the World Cup is starting. And as I want to remind everybody, we will be covering the, the World Cup because it is my job. You know, this is kind of a job for me. So we will be coming to the World Cup. It'll be part of conversations. But again, I also always want to reiterate, and this will be our policy. Mm -hmm. It is going to be covered, and we'll be talking about the World Cup. I'm going to be excited about the matches because everybody enjoys international soccer. Well, I think everyone... I know there are people who don't, but I mean, I enjoy the fanfare of the World Cup and all that stuff. However, however, of course, it should not be in guitar. I, you know, I just went through the Netflix series about FIFA. Like, there's no reason why it should be in guitar. The human rights violations are terrible. I think I've, I think for anyone who's been listening to the show for a long time knows where I stand on all of those different things. Mm -hmm. And to, to me, being almost annoying and, and posturing in, in, in my belief sometimes. So I know I get to people in that way. And, and as I said, so we are going to be covering it. But again, I also don't think it should be happening. It shouldn't be there. It should mm -hmm. be in the summertime somewhere else. But so that's where we're at on it. Uh, just so everybody knows going into the, you know, a disclaimer going into the World Cup season. So anyway, World Cup starts this weekend. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a big time. Yeah, yeah it's uh, weird. It's weird. Uh, you know, there's obviously here in the States, we have Thanksgiving that coming week, too. So I'm actually going on vacation again. So there's one show next week coming out on Monday and that's it. And then you know, I say, leave me alone, but I'm just going to watch a lot of World Cup games. So if you're not happy with the World Cup, well, you don't have to hear from me for a week, too. So that's great. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening to this show. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Of course, bye. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.